Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we traveled to Pensacola, Florida to talk to Rob from Heat Seeker, Mouse at the Palace. It was a really great conversation. I was very happy to be able to pick Rob's brain about the scene up there and all the things that he has going on and the things that he does for the scene. I got a chance to get a real good sense of Florida hardcore a couple of weeks ago. I went to the point of contact record release and it was really awesome to be able to experience a real Florida hardcore show. It was the first one I've ever been to in my entire life and I had a really great time. I was digging the vibes. All the bands were great. So I have a newfound love for Florida hardcore and I'm really happy to be able to share this conversation with you today. So without further ado, welcome Rob to the podcast. podcast rob hey what's going on not much i'm happy to finally get you on the podcast because i i feel like uh man that episode i did with uh, lennon was so long ago where i mentioned um i wanted to have somebody on from heat seeker so i'm happy that we finally got to this moment yeah that's pretty cool um i honestly just like kind of took is that really windy right now? Yeah, sorry. Around, no, you're good. I'm walking around like using AirPods at work, and okay. like I'm still getting used to it. It's like new technology to me. I have like no idea about any of this stuff, so I'm trying to make sure that it all works. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy to uh, to be on for sure, and uh, I'm glad that you uh, were had some interest in doing this because I've never done a podcast before, so it'd be a fun thing to do. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you again for being down to do this because I honestly, I, I didn't realize that you also played in Malice of the Palace to like very recently. So I was like super excited when I found that out. I was like, oh, this guy's like definitely been around for a long time. So I'm really like that made me really excited to talk to you even more. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've probably been doing hardcore bands since maybe 2008 or something. Um, and then uh, I did a couple of bands in Pensacola that never really did like time. I did this band called Cold Hearted, which got a little bit of like Florida notoriety, but um, in the grand scheme of things, just kind of like a little bump on the map. And then um, after that, kind of did a couple more things. And then Mouse of the Palace started caught a lot of steam which was really cool and uh that took up a solid you know a couple of years of my life uh touring with that uh and then you know as a musician i never like to get stale with stuff so i pretty much just when i get to a point where things start getting complacent i like to try to mix it up and like start new stuff 
Okay. And uh, have you always been, uh, are, are you like from Pensacola? Yeah. Yeah. I've lived here my whole life actually. Okay. That's awesome. I've, uh, I haven't really done too much exploring in Florida. Like I normally go to Florida for Disney world and actually two weekends ago, it, it was like my first time doing something like non Disney related. I actually traveled to Tampa for the point of contact record release show. Oh, cool. I was there too. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, you're breaking up, Rob. Uh, hold on. Okay. I think I think my uh, headphones just died on me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah. Just I'm like so out of touch with like new technology on shit. Like I'm like way behind on like all the updates. I like kind of kept my phone exactly the same way it was. So like discovering these things is like the coolest thing ever and i'm like dang i really hope my friend never asked for these back because <laughs> they've been just like awesome to me but i guess you have to charge them so that makes sense um sorry i'm kind of walking right now um <clears throat> but yeah i was uh i was there um earlier on in the uh in the show i was there for the whole thing but we played in the band that opened it up Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're breaking up in that last part. It got kind of windy, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, I played in the band Burning Strong that opened up that show, actually. Wow. Okay. You know what? You know what's blowing my, my, my mind right now is because I just recently asked you for your Instagram. So um, all those emails that we exchanged, I really knew didn't know what you look like. And now that yeah. you now that you mentioned that you played for Burning Strong, I can like picture it in my head like you were stage left, if, if I yep. remember yeah, correctly. Okay. Oh god. Yep. You know that, that's so crazy because um. I can't remember what what point it was, but during the show, I had uh, went and said, um, or well, I went and introduced myself to Kevin, the the singer of Burning Strong. Oh, cool! Yeah, because I was, because uh, I, I had like a couple of friends tell me like, oh, you know, make sure show up early, check out Burning Strong, they're awesome. So I made it a point to check you guys out. And I went and introduced myself to Kevin, and he recognized me by my voice, which I thought was like pretty insane because he told me that, that he, yeah because he, he told me that he was like a listener of the podcast and it totally tripped me out that he like recognized my voice and uh he actually mentioned uh, that he listened to the podcast where i talked about um wanting to have somebody from heat seeker on and uh, he mentioned that he talked to you about it and that's what kind of led you to email me if i remember correctly right right yeah um so that yeah it, it's i think I don't know if he necessarily put me onto that or like tipped it off, but like, yeah, like I, after like, I kind of like went back and listened, like anytime like Lennon or, or like Bob Wilson do something like I'll definitely go listen to it because, um, you know, they're like two of like my best friends in the hardcore scene that like I've kind of grown up with like over the years. So, um, but yeah, anytime they're involved with something like I'll, I'll like take the time and listen to it because, you know, there with like as many like different like bands and podcasts as there are like, as you know, it, it's hard to kind of keep up with everything. So like, I, I try to like, at least make a, make a point to do that. 
Okay. And yeah, and it's funny too, because I literally had no idea that you played in that band and I thought it was kind of strange that heat seeker wasn't on the bill, but I guess it mm-hmm. makes sense because I'm uh, burning strong heat seeker from the same area. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Kevin and I play in this band called apostle too. Okay. And yeah, it's like a kind of more like a crossover thrash type thing. Um, and then, yeah, burning strong. So, yeah, it's uh, there's so let's see in Pensacola. There's yeah, burning strong heat seeker, um, Kevin's old band, my melt apostle. Um, that's the kind of group that we typically have as far as like bands go and whatnot. And then there's um, cradle to grave, which I also play in. And then there's also. Uh, Kevin and uh, the singer of Cradle to Grave have a new band that's called Hellscape. It's pretty cool. Okay. Man, yeah, it's it's definitely blowing my mind because I traveled to that show and outside of the friend that I went to the show with, the only people I knew in the building were Lennon, Jose from Point of Contact, Garrett from Point of Contact, and Alex Sejas, who plays in like an Envision in Eco Strike. So um, it was definitely like uh like kind of strange for me to be at a hardcore show where like i literally didn't know like 90 percent of the room but it was also like a good experience because i was really curious to see what the scene was like and lennon mentioned to me that like i actually came to like a really good show because it was like a really good representation of florida hardcore yeah yeah it's uh you picked like probably the best show and at least half a decade um that wasn't a fest you know like there used to be like like every weekend it seemed like for like a long period of time we used to do things where like everyone would meet in like either jacksonville or tampa and then like it'd be like a band from pensacola and a band from tallahassee and a band from jacksonville and a band from tampa and a band from south florida like would all like play a show in in the same place and like all these people would travel to it and it would happen you know so regularly uh, and it hasn't happened in a really long time so like to, for that to happen again was just like super reminiscent of that like it was just like an overall like just awesome feeling type thing so we were like just floored to be a part of it you know that point of contact and and um you know, like the Tampa scene has like always been like super like about Pensacola and they always want to include us. So I'm I'm really glad that they uh, were able to find a way to get us on the bill because uh, like I said, it was just a really good, like nostalgic feeling. Yeah. I also thought it was awesome too, that they like purposely wanted like, you know, bands from all the scenes from Florida to come down and play on that record release show. Just kind of like, you know, show that Florida is united and that there are good bands from all different parts not just like one particular area of Florida. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's really cool that you went to it. Uh, what are, do you live in LA or what part of California? Uh, Orange County, like near Disneyland County. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I, it's actually funny, like, whenever I was, like, really young, um, I'm thinking this is probably, like, nine, ten years ago or something like that now, uh, I actually went to a show solo by myself in California, too, uh, and so I, I was like, this is, like, a crazy feeling, just, like, kind of, like, being at a, 
a different environment where I didn't know a single person, but, uh, it was a still a really cool show. I can't remember what venue it was, but I think it was, uh, backtrack foundation rotting out played like a secret set. Um, something like that. It's like probably something like 2011 or so. Okay. Dang. That's, uh, that was like right around the time when I first moved to orange County, because I oh, grew cool. up in like the, the Palm Springs area. It's, it's like like two hours east of where Orange County is. Right, right. I think I've been to Palm Springs before. I'm not totally sure. But, um, you know, it seems like everything in California kind of has like that kind of name, like where it's like something beach or something, you know. So you never I, I feel like I've been to all these places. But in reality, I've probably only been to like a handful of them. Okay. Well, Southern California, it's pretty big, but basically like the main places are definitely like LA, Orange County, San Diego, and normally like Palm Springs, it's like a, like a vacation like spot. So most people just kind of pass through. So mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if you actually came down here. Cause there's not, there's not a whole lot going okay. down like in Palm Springs. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's kind of like where I'm from. It's mainly a vacation spot, but there's actually like a pretty big city like outside of it, but it generally is known as like a vacation place. And how long was that drive from Pensacola to Tampa? Uh, it was seven hours. Wow. That's that like blows my mind because like my geography, like when it comes to the different cities in Florida, it's like everything's so mm-hmm. skewed because when I was, at the show, I asked Lennon how long it took him to get to the show. And he told me he it, like it was like a three hour drive for him. And that like blew my mind because I just figured he was like a lot closer to Tampa than he actually right. is. It was just so yeah. crazy because that amount of time, like for me to travel out to show is like super rare because like where I'm at in Southern California, there's normally like shows happening like really close to me. So I, like it's rare that I have to travel, excuse me. It's rare for me to travel like over an hour for a show because things normally happen, happen pretty close to where I'm at. Yeah. I, uh, for the most part we get, like anything that we would probably want in Pensacola. Like a lot of times we get skipped over, but generally like bands will come and play here. Um, and it really helps. I just opened a venue in town too. So like, and now I have like a for sure spot that like, I always have like availability for bands to come through. So, but like we were super used to back in the day whenever, and this was like the whole reason that like I, wanted to start that band cold hearted was because we just didn't have like a scene. It felt like it was like we, if we wanted to see a hardcore show, we had to drive to Atlanta or to Jacksonville and it was like five or six hours away. And it's just like, why do we have to do this? Why why can't we just bring these bands here? And it's like, you can't really bring the bands if you don't have like a foundation for everything. Like you don't have like, uh, a band that's leading the scene and you don't have a band that like is getting younger kids into it. So then that way, like all we have to do is play the show. And then by virtue, like X number of kids show up and then all of a sudden you have the big band on and then you have some people from like neighboring cities come. And it took me a really long time to grasp that concept. But I think that once that kind of came into place, that's why like all of us are like so into like starting different things because as soon as something feels stale, and like that no one's into it. Like we want things to be fresh so that we can keep bringing uh, bands through. 
And you said you opened a venue in Pensacola? Yeah, I did. Uh, it's a nonprofit. It's actually more of a, uh, it's actually more of a community project than anything. Like I really wanted to like, uh, I guess be a resource for the musicians in the area. Like, so basically it's a practice space, it's a studio space. And then there's obviously the ability to do shows and stuff too. So I wanted it to be a thing where you don't go there because you want to drink and you want to, you know, get in fights or anything like that. You go there because you want to see live music and then all of a sudden, you know, there's like a kid in the audience that's inspired and is just like, you know, I've been sitting on these songs for a really long time. Maybe I'll put myself out there and see if I can get a backing band. And uh, so really what I wanted to do was just kind of like build the local community of music a little bit and just like get more bands started. And I've like kind of, you know, it has its ups and downs within everything, like trying to balance it. But what I did notice is that like when I went into it, there was a list of bands and I'm like, okay, there's this many bands in town and I'm probably missing some. And now my list is like three or four times that size that I can select from for like different different shows. So um, it's been, it's worked out better than I would have even wanted it to, even if like, you know, I'm not making money or doing it. Like what it's doing is it's creating uh, like a big, like unity concept throughout like Pensacola, Panama city, all this other thing. So it's been, it's been really good. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been doing it for since May. Um, The idea has been around since March, but I really got it open in May. So six months now. So pretty, pretty fresh, but I've been booking shows in Pensacola since probably like 2010. So, um, yeah, so pretty okay amount of experience with it. Yeah. And I I think that's awesome because I'm like thinking back to the Bob Wilson podcast that I did. And I'm pretty sure he mentioned that like a new venue had opened up in Pensacola. So it's crazy to me now it's like fast forward to the president. And I'm now I'm talking to the person who uh, basically started this whole idea that Bob talked about so long ago. It's just kind of like blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it all kind of comes full circle and that's, you know, cool that, uh, you know, remember stuff like that, but yeah, it's, it's been fun for sure. And so you said it's a nonprofit. So, uh, is it like open, like during the week, like most days or like, what's the hours like for that spot? Um, so it's a little weird because right now I have, you know, I work a day job. So like I'm, I have to, do that but a bunch of people have keys so when people want to use it i just like hit up one of them be like yo can you let this person in they want to practice if i can't do it or like i leave it in my mailbox because i live like right down the road from it then they'll just like drop it off with some cash back and whatnot so um right now it's kind of weird because there's a business right next door and like out of respect for them like i don't want to like have like this like metal band, like just playing while they're like running business. So what I, what I do generally is I wait until about five o'clock and then I just let it, you know, be open throughout the night. And if people want to use it, they can use it. 
And then on the weekends, it's pretty fair game. So um, people will practice there, uh, you know, a couple times a week. They'll just like I have like a backline all set up. So like all they really have to bring is drums. They can use the PA. They can get a feel for like what it's like to be on stage and like kind of balance out their sound and stuff. And 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 like having that, being able to practice more, being able to get more comfortable in a live setting, like translates. I think people aren't as nervous and and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, generally the hours are later on in the evening and then on the weekends pretty much every day. And so what I tried to do to get more people using it during the daytime is, um, one of my old coworkers is going to start like teaching like an arts and crafts class, like a couple of times a week. So she'll be using that, uh, throughout the days when there is obviously like no need for like loud music and, you know, that way it can still be used during those times. Like my goal is to like, always be used and it doesn't always happen that way but that's the kind of mindset behind it and is there like an official name for the venue yeah it's called night move okay and is there like a special meaning behind that no it's just like that bob seeger song i thought it was a cool name for it so okay and outside of your spot are there a lot of venues that have shows going on into town so there's like a bunch of like beach bars where you do like cover stuff and that's cool and everything but actually like a lot of the bands that play my spot are like we just want to play a show where we can play like our song like they're sick of like doing covers and like sprinkling. They like want to play a show. So they'll play and get like that sense of fulfillment. And then there's one bar in town. It's called Chizuko and it's amazing. Like they're uh, a vegan restaurant, but they do, they're like super, super like in with like the punk scene. So like there'll be bands like playing there and they'll be like so out of tune and like people who've like played drums for the first time and like, people are just like beating the shit out of each other. And it's just like the craziest thing to like go in there and see, because like there'll be like people in suits that are just like out there drinking. And then like all these, like all black studs, like kids drinking in the parking lot, like inside, like having a great time while these people are just like in there and just like, it's like nothing to them. So it's like a, it's a crazy dynamic. Like, they're only open pretty much two days a week for shows because they don't want to spread themselves too thin. And, uh, there was a venue called the handlebar, which was like our like bread and butter, like where we could do everything. It was like this dive bar smelled like smoke. If you like wore something in there, you would smell like smoke for like days after you, the bathrooms were awful, but it was like our spot. Like, uh, you could like stage dive, you could mosh, like you could do anything you wanted in there and no one cared because like we were basically keeping it open and uh, the owner just got into like some really like uh, sketchy stuff where he, I, it didn't seem like he was actually using the money ever to fund the venue. And so it just kind of fell, fell apart. So once that happened and realizing that we could only do stuff at Chizuko every so often, was kind of like the uh, the biggest reason why I started the venue. Dang, 
that's definitely a big deal for you to take that step and try to keep it going for the scene. Cause I feel like there's like a, a lot of responsibility in that, that people just don't really understand. Right. Right. I agree. Yeah. That show in Tampa, I was actually really curious because I was asking around and people were telling me that that was like the first hardcore show happening at, at that bar. And mm-hmm. I was definitely kind of curious because it was just um, the layout was like pretty cool for a show, but just, I I just wasn't sure if like the normal bar people that I saw in there and like the staff was like going to be ready for like people, you know, doing like, like moshing and stage diving and stuff. But it, like, I was actually really surprised at like how cool and nice the staff was and like how everything just went by like really smooth. There was like really no issues at all. Right. Yeah. I, I was like, kind of like watching their body language too, because I was, I felt the same way. I'm like, you know, as a, an outsider seeing this kind of thing is like really bizarre. Like, it's like, you can't explain it and you just have to kind of get it or you don't, you know? So obviously like if they don't get it, I was just trying to see like what was going on. But after a while, they kind of were like, okay, this is just how it is. And they just kind of like let it, everything be. But I would be shocked if there was another show there. But maybe there will be. I don't really know. It kind of felt pretty good, though, um, that day. But I didn't get any, like, word from any of them if they were going to do it again. Okay. Well, the place seemed like it had a really good turnout for the show. Because I, I remember I, I got there pretty early and I, I saw people trickle in and I wasn't sure if it was going to be a good turnout because it was like I said, it was my first time in Tampa. But by the time the show like started, the, the, the room looked full. So like I'd be surprised yeah, if they didn't like go back there. Well, they there was a lot of people, but I think because people weren't drinking, they were like a little bit like, you know, salty about it. Oh, yeah. But I I don't know who was going to be there that night if they didn't have the show so like any money that they made at all was like good for them i think you know like they were like charging people like two bucks for like a little cup of water and i'm just like you guys are really milking this fact that like everyone here is straight edge but i guess i get it so i mean they, they made money on the for like the venue rental so i they can't be too upset about it but i i could see like a little bit of like like disappointment that the crowd was like not as much like into like the bar as they were into the band. Yeah, I definitely get that. And it it was a little strange for me too, that, uh, you know, it was like, uh, all those straight edge bands like playing in a bar and like I, I was standing by the bar during some sets and like the girl like kept like asking if I was like you know okay if, or if I needed help and I, I felt bad because I was like yeah I, I didn't really see too many people actually buying a whole lot from the bar mm-hmm. so you know I, I hope uh, they could have another show there if needed because I, I didn't think the place was bad. I actually enjoyed it. Like the, the, the sound was good. Uh, the stage, like I, I'm always weird about how like the, the stage was kind of like angled, like kind of like in a corner, but it was fine for me. No, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Um, Like as far, like the layout of everything. And I thought that like, 
you know, I, I thought people were going to be a little, he- people are always like super hesitant to like kind of go off at first whenever it's like a new venue. Cause no one wants to be the person that like goes a little too crazy and then gets kicked out or something for some stupid reason. So it kind of, like, I was really glad that like that didn't happen. They just kind of like let everything be. Um, but yeah, I, I was, you know, like the whole time I was like, Oh, this would be like a really good place for like the FYA pre-show or uh, pre-show or like after shows to be. So I don't know if that will happen. It just depends on if they were down for it, but I think there is a spot for it. I just don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. And I was also really happy with like how everybody just understood that, um, it was just they were there for the show and people people were, were getting moshed on like uh, the last song for Point of Contact. I just saw people straight up getting like, you know, just punched left and right. But like, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And nobody took it personal. It was all in good fun. Yeah. People understood. And I definitely appreciated that because um, like, you know, uh, just depends on where you're at. You could punch the wrong person. Then they're going to want to have pit beef and it just ruined the whole vibe. But I was just really happy that it ended like super violent. But everybody was okay with it and nobody like try to make anything like extra they're like cool they were in the pit they got hit and it was fine like no big deal yeah i think that's like the best indication of like if you're at like a hardcore show or if you're at like just like a show that's like fake hardcore you know like where there's like all these bands that like they're like oh we're like a hardcore band but then they have like all these kids that come out and they just try to start shit uh i think that the best indication is like, uh, like you watch a set like that and you see how crazy it is and no one cares. Like everyone's just like, I know what this is about. And that's that, you know, you take a couple of hits, it's all in good fun. And that's just kind of, um, the best part about it. Yeah. I, I'll never understand when people get hit when they're literally standing at the edge of the pit and like they're surprised. I'm like, dude, like you have to expect this. Like, like fists and like you know people are doing spin kicks like you got to be aware because you can get hit like from any direction so the fact that like you're there and you got hit and you got mad and to me it's always just mind-blowing it's it's stupid in my yeah opinion. i agree but it was cool yeah I, i'm really happy that I, I made the choice to go out because i i was literally on vacation and my friends like we all um were at disney world for uh for a couple days and i i decided to not go that day just to make it out to the show because in my opinion like i, I do disney all the time like i've done disney world with them uh, like a bunch of times and i definitely enjoy being with my friends i'm at disney world but the fact that point of contact's record release was only an hour away i was like i will never get this opportunity again and i will definitely go back to disney world again so i was like i have to go to the show so yeah um, that's awesome yeah uh, what park did you skip out on uh i think that day I don't even know what they did. If I'm being honest, I, Oh, I, I think they did animal kingdom and magic kingdom that day because they just turned over magic kingdom to, uh, the Christmas season. Oh, okay. So those are good ones. So your dedication is strong for sure then, because that would, but I get, if you go there a lot, um, I could see like, if you skipped out on like MGM or something, but like, so those are two of the better ones, I feel like, but that's cool that you missed. I did the same thing whenever I was in California. I was on vacation and I was just like, eh, this show's happening. I could sit around and do this or I could go do this. I feel like I should go do this. It'd be way more fun. And so it was, I thought. 
And when you went to that show in California, had you had already toured out to the West Coast or was that before? No, that was my first time. Like, I think that might have been like one of my first times on a plane, too. So okay. um, that was just like I happened to be there at that point in time. Okay, that's interesting. And were you out with, with like friends or family? No, I used to like date a girl that lived over there. And I'm if I'm not mistaken, she had work that mm-hmm. day or something. So... I mean, it just kind of like the stars aligned. I think she probably would have ended up going if I really wanted to, but I was just like, oh, if you're already at work, then uh, I'll be here. (laughs) Wow. Long distance relationships. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's wild. That's so far, like from Florida to California. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it it was, that's why obviously it didn't work out. So, but uh, it, it's all good. I'm glad I got to go to that show at least and um you know experience california in that regard like that was like let me think it was like backtrack before darker half foundation before when the smoke clears so it was like definitely like one of those things you like kind of look back on and you're like wait these are like two of like the biggest hardcore bands like a couple years later and like seeing them like well ahead of that was just really sick yeah rotting out too like i think they when they played i think that was like one of the first times that like walter ever did vocals and um and i i didn't realize that he wasn't the singer for a while until like i i saw like they were like yeah we're doing like a the bass player is going to sing now and i'm like oh cool so there's like one of the first times that that had ever happened i think damn that's so crazy. Honestly, sometimes I forget that he's not like the original singer. Sometimes I, I forget right. that that they had Mike. But yeah, like if you look at that that like roster, like Backtrack is playing their last show at the end of the month. Foundation broke up. Rotting Out just came back, and they're killing it right now on that tour with Knock Loose. So it's it's mm-hmm. definitely like a, a pretty interesting show that you got to see like way back then. Right. Right. And. Were you like, okay, so I'm always interested in other scenes. So when you came out and went to that California show, had you um, had gone to like other shows and other scenes before? Yeah, that was, uh, let's see. So I'd gone to a couple shows in New Orleans, a couple shows in Birmingham, uh, Tallahassee, Jacksonville at that point. I don't know if I started... I can't remember the year. So it's like really hard to like know exactly when. And then Atlanta shows and stuff too. So um, like I said, like for a while it was like, it was like do or die. Like you, you either made the trip and just sucked it up or you just, uh, you, or you just like didn't get to go to a show. And so it was just kind of like, it is what it is. And after like, so many years like after doing that it gets really easy to do it so often but after you like you kind of like take a, a step back a little bit it like gets really hard to do it so like for example like the the show the other week in tampa that we did like you know getting home at four in the morning when you're used to like a super like hard routine is like grueling like and like we did that a couple weeks ago when heat seeker played down there and like we rented a van drove like woke up at like 6 a.m 
drove down, hung out at the mall for a second, uh, went to the show and then immediately drove back. So like we, it was like a 24 hour trip. And after that, I was just like, I don't know if like my body can do this anymore. Like it used to be like a thing where every single time, like we went to a show, like I didn't have to like really think about it, but it ended up like, that was like the almost like a breaking point for whatever reason. But um, you know, like I'm still open to it, but like when you're so used to a routine and stuff, it definitely gets harder. And how old are you? Uh, 29 now. Okay. So we're like around the same age. I'm 30 right now. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel you on that because I, I have a day job as well and I have to like work like really early. So I used to be like really reckless and would be always down to go out and do stuff, even though I had like work in the morning. But now as I'm getting Uh a little older, I feel like I have to be a little more responsible because my body, like it's not like slowing down. Like I I can still do like a lot of the stuff that I normally could do, but I I definitely takes a toll on me. Like I can't really pull all nighters like I used to. Like I definitely need like more rest now as I'm like in my thirties getting old. Yeah, it like there's like a huge difference between like four hours of sleep and like six or seven. So like you almost like that's like my threshold at a certain point. I'm like, if I can get this amount of sleep, I'll be all right. But it doesn't generally happen that way because even if I go to bed at four, I'm still probably up by like eight thirty or nine because that's just like the my biological clock is right now. But but yeah, for a while I didn't understand it. Like a lot of my friends would be like. I don't really want to do that because, you know, I don't want to stay out late. And I'm like, you'll still get like enough sleep. I don't understand what the point is, but like they just were on their routine shit like way earlier than I was. And so now that I'm on it, it's like, I feel like a sellout, but at the same time, like I am like more down for it than like probably like any person out there, like I'll put myself through like any amount of misery to like either like play a show or like, you know, help a band out like all the time, like went through here. It's just like, that's just kind of how I'm wired. And it definitely blows my mind still that you guys would have to make like a five hour drive just to get to a show. Cause like that's, that's Mm -hmm. 10 hours round trip. Well, on the bright side, there was like always like a group of us that were down. Like we were so it wouldn't always have to be me that was driving. It wouldn't always have to be like someone else that was driving. Like we were all down. So like anytime there was a show, like five of us would pack into like my Jetta and like we would go somewhere and then we would, you know, check out the show. Someone else would drive home. And then the the next week there'd be like another thing going on and we could all go to that too. So and the uh, the other scenes that you guys would frequent, did you guys build relationships with the lo- local kids? Yeah, I mean, it took a while. It, like, you know, there's like a familiarity thing. Like, as you like, kind of get used to people. Like, you see them them around enough, and then all of a sudden, like, you start being like really like they they start becoming um, enough that you kind of like will head nod them like the next time you see them, and then the next time you see them, like maybe you dap them up, and then that's how it kind of starts for the most part, especially like when you're like new, like when you're like going into a scene, they're like, who's this dude? Like, you don't want to be the person that like moshes on someone who doesn't quite like, know your vibe. Like they could think that you're 
someone that's just like new that's trying to start shit. So you always like kind of like mind your business a little bit at first. And then as you start becoming more and more familiar with people is when um, you start building those relationships. But like with Lennon, and Lennon's like one of the biggest reasons that like I know any of these people is like super, super random. He was roommates with a kid that I went to high school with and the kid I went to high school with like saw Lennon, like or like heard Lennon, like listening to hardcore bands. And he was just like, Hey, like one of my friends back home is into hardcore. And, uh, he's like, really? And then he showed him that the band I was doing cold hearted. And then Lennon's band losing it at the time. Like we like organized like so many different like shows and tours and stuff that we would do together just because like, he happened to be roommates. And so through knowing Lennon, who already knew like a bunch of different people, he put us on or he helped to put us on this show in Tampa. It was um it was like a Florida this was like the beginning of everything. It was like where um it was like a Florida showcase and it like we came and played and People from South Florida came and played. People from Jacksonville came and played in Orlando and like all these Tampa bands. And there's like a video shoot and all of us played in. That's how I met like some of the people from uh, that band, like Three Knee Deep and like people from Jacksonville. Like all like all those moments came from just me knowing Lennon and like setting all that up. So um, definitely kind of all ties in and goes way back. Damn. Yeah. It's, it's so random too. like that w- one f- person from high school. You just never really thought would like kind of be the person that kind of like connects you to Lennon and this whole thing just kind of yeah. like blows up. No. Yeah. It's definitely like really lucky, you know, like to think about that because like if not for that, like, you know, Pensacola is like often overlooked and, you know, you, and Lennon would say the same thing about South Florida that South Florida too is also overlooked, but like had it not been for, for some of these connections that are made, like we probably wouldn't have like been like, Oh, this is a destination spot. This is, and like, there wouldn't be all these, like, you know, like even some of the bands now that tour their agents are people that would play like our cities back in the day. So now they'll be like throwing us bones and they'll be like, Hey, you know, we love playing Pensacola back in the day. Let me put this, this newer band that I manage in your city and stuff. So that's always like a kind of cool, like give back feeling and stuff. So, um, but yeah, like had it not been for, you know, like probably the last like decade of like, you know, with Lennon in the scene and then like all the people in Tampa involved and the people in Jacksonville, Tallahassee and Pensacola, like, I just don't know that things would have ever been what they are now. Yeah. It's definitely cool to like be aware of what's going on now because i've talked about it before like my earlier years in hardcore florida uh, to me like i would think of like eulogy records um i would think of like until the end remembering never and then like there's like a band called uh they're from like dade county they're called uh dreams you die in i don't know if you remember them um it's like i know the name i look i probably couldn't like pick out a song though to be honest but I, I remember the name of it for sure. 
Yeah. So it was just like really weird that like it was like Florida was so important to me, like, you know, in my younger years. And it's just like now the fact that you guys have been doing these things and I feel like more people need to take notice, even though like I feel like um, what you guys have going on right now is pretty popular. So I I just want to be able to help, you know, spread awareness and tell people like, hey, Florida is doing awesome shit like yeah, there's a FYA, but like you got to look at the state as a whole because there's good bands in like all parts of Florida. Yeah, I think that like there's like just from like Tampa and uh, South Florida alone, like you look at a band like Point of Contact, who is just like on all accounts, like I would say like the savior of the state. Like I think that they are like the music itself is like just what everyone needs. Like it, it has purpose. It's insanely hard. Like there's nothing about it that I dislike. So, and I know that like everyone feels that way. And like you, like you saw when you were watching their set, it's just like, dude, not only were people like going crazy, like they knew the words. like they're like, this is the shit that we're singing along to. Like, this is the band that like, is carrying it for us right now. And then you have that and like Seed of Pain too, uh, who's just like another just awesome, like metallic hardcore sound. And I think that like, you know, all the, like all the bands around here are just really like doing an awesome thing and like keeping it going. So, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I agree. You know, it's not just FYA, even though FYA has like, kind of like really given everyone around here something to look forward to every year. It's like a really, it's like one of these things now where people don't even need to know the lineup. They just have it on their calendar. They're like, Oh, this is FYA weekend. I'm going. And it's just awesome. Yeah. It's definitely really awesome. And the lineup to me is like, always like really good like representation of what's going on in hardcore and the fact and i've definitely said this before but the fact that it's like the first fest of the year like i i feel like it it sets the bar for like all the other fests yeah i agree i think it's really tasteful i think that one of the like the most overlooked things about it and and maybe it's not overlooked maybe i'm out of touch with it i don't know but that you can watch a band like sanction and then immediately watch a band like restraining order. And all of a sudden it just makes sense. You're like, wait, this is all hardcore. Why the hell is there like a separation over like the moss shit and like the non moss shit? Like it's all the same thing. So I, that's my favorite part about it. And that's like something that like, I always will like tell Bob to do is just like, dude, throw these people a curveball. Like when, when, you get some mosh stuff and then all of a sudden just throw them one that you're like, you know, people are like, they have to like re-explore like, Oh, this is what got me into hardcore anyway. And then all of a sudden something like magnitude ties it in because it's like kind of like on both sides of it where it's like, uh, it's, it's really heavy, but at the same time, like it has like the meaningful lyrics and stuff too. And it's not just like, you know, like music that you like throw chairs at people too. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. And it, it's definitely awesome that Bob and the whole team still like, you know, keeping it going because running a yeah. fest is, and I'm sure, you know, by booking shows, like is just always like a big ordeal, just having to get everything organized. There's just so much stuff that like has to fall in line. Yeah. I, I like help with it when I can. Bob like insists that I help more than I do. I'm like, dude, you do everything. Like all I do is I'm like your sounding board. Like you say something to me and I'm like, yeah, good idea. Like that's pretty much it. But like, I know how much he puts into it. I know how much like he cares about it. And like at the end of the day, like his concern with everything is how do I help these smaller bands like get bigger? And it's like, and that's like, at the end of the day, like that's what he wants. He wants like the band and like, magnitude is like a great example like he's been on magnitude since like their demo and like they played and then they played the next year and it was crazy and now they're playing and they're like one of the top bands and it's not because like like he uh like just threw them on that spot it's because like giving them that spot and like kind of helping them along the way they've like earned it like that's like magnitude is like like on all accounts, like one of the biggest and best bands in hardcore right now. So um, that's what he wants to do with like every band. Like he wants like everything in like hardcore to like grow. And uh, you know, that's like, you know, his like kind of desire for it is like the thing that kind of keeps me going. Even if like, I sometimes feel like I'm a little out of loop on stuff. Like that's the thing that like, really like has my like passion for everything still is like seeing his. Yeah. And, and I, I definitely respect like w- what he does and like that example of magnitude and I think is great because it's cool to be around long enough to see these bands grow into those positions. Cause it's just like, wow, a couple of years ago I saw them just play the fest and now I'm here. I'm about to see them be like one of the um, top build bands on the, like this giant fest and also like going on. There's like newer bands that are going to be in that same position in a couple of years to me is mm-hmm. awesome. And and you never know. Cause like the like longevity of bands, bands that break up left and right. So th- the bands that are right. able to stick around and like make things work and continue to put out like awesome music and work hard. It's, it's always cool to see those results from them. No, for sure. And that, I mean, what you say makes sense. Like, and it sucks. Like everyone in like hardcore has like such like a quick attention span. And like, if you're not on top of it and you're not like actively trying to do stuff, like people are going to forget about you. And, um, unless like you are like the type of band, like point of contact magnitude that like really like sets yourself apart from people and you, and you, give people like that lasting impression. But like you said, like if you go back and look at like all the FYA lineups and there's like, um, I guess there's seven old ones. Like you could like look at all the Florida bands and like a lot of the bands on there. And I, I'd be shocked if like more than 50% of them are still active, to be honest. Like I just don't like over the years, like it just kind of happens. It's just like the nature of like, how people in hardcore are nowadays it's just like the attention spans are just not quite what they should be but um you know it it keeps things fresh you know sometimes you get a new band and then all of a sudden it pops and then 
everyone's like all into that. But um, as long as like it's still fresh to people and people are still getting into it, then at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter if like, um, you know, the band's life cycles. So uh, Mouse of the Palace, you guys never like officially broke up. Do you ever see you guys playing a show again? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it'll, it, it probably will be like randomly. Like, I don't think that like, as like bands, like it's, you know, unless you're like a huge band, like there's, I, no one would really care if we did a last show. Like if I said, okay, Miles the Pilots was playing the last show and like we played and like the typical like Pensacola crowd came out and like maybe like a couple more people, I'd, I'd be like, okay, like that was just worthless. But like, I, you know, I'm not necessarily like writing new stuff or anything like that for it. Um, but I definitely like have the window open. Like if we ever get asked, like there's always, you know, times like that where, um, you know, there, there's like a, a show where it will make sense and it will be like, a, Oh dang, I haven't seen this band in forever. That'd be really cool to like have them on a show. I can't remember who posted it, but I remember I saw um, somebody post the um, FYA flyer for this year and somebody just like threw your guys's logo on it. And I thought it was real, but it turns out it was fake. Yeah, that was, that was probably Bob. He runs the Twitter. He just likes to mess with people, I think. Okay. And, uh, you know, th- we've been talking for so long, we haven't really got too deep about Heat Seeker. Can you talk about... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Um, but it's cool. Uh, can you talk about how this band came together? Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. Where to begin? Um the guitar player for Heat Seeker, he and I had been in hardcore bands before, and he was actually in Mouse of the Palace originally, and then he moved for a job in California, and while he was over there, he was like bored out of his mind, so he was like, hey, I wrote a demo, and uh, he never really did anything with it, and uh, he ended up moving back here and was just like, let's you know, start playing on this band and, uh, the, the sound of it, I was just like, okay. So it's like, you know, kind of like a thrashier type thing. And then it has like, you know, some slayery harmonies and, um, it kind of like had like a little bit of like violation and like creatures feel to it too. So, um, I was into it and I was super down, but he's just like, I want you to sing for it. I'm like, dude, I've, like never sing for a hardcore band. Like, I don't want to do that. And he, I was just like, he was just like, no, like it'd be sick. You should do it. Um, and I was like, okay. So started writing lyrics and I sent it to him. And I think he just like, might've like, ha ha react me. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then like a couple of days later, he like posts in the Pensacola hardcore group. He's just like, who wants to sing on a demo? I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I got kicked out of the band. <laughs> and then, wow. And uh, yeah, and then uh, he asked this, and then this one dude named Dan reaches out and he goes, hey, I, I'm down to do it. Like, I've never done vocals for a band before. Um, and so I was just like a little curious about what my place in the band was at this point. And he's just like, yeah, you're just going to play guitar now. And I'm like, I don't want to play guitar in this. Like, I want to... I, I I thought I was singing for it. It's like, I'm not going to be in it. And he goes, no, like, I want you in it. Like, I'm like, 
okay, well, I'll play bass. And he's just like, why would you play bass? You're like, go to guitar. You should just play guitar. And I, we have that kind of relationship where like, I just like really, really give him a hard time about everything. Like if he asked me, like if it was raining outside, I would be like, go look. Like I wouldn't like tell him it would be like, it would be the hardest way for him to get an answer. And I just like, it's just how the relationship with him and I is. So, um, anyway, fast forward a little bit. It was just basically me, him and the singer and uh the old drummer of mouse of the palace was playing on it too and the singer goes in to track vocals for the first song and he does it and like i'm listening to it and i'm like i don't like this like this is not what i'm feeling right now but as i get towards the end of the song he does this like um this like tonal yell where he like has like a little bit of like um like what I thought sounded like Metallica over it. And I'm just like, wait, I like that. And so I, I think I texted him and I'm like, Hey, I'm not being in the band unless he does only these kind of vocals. And, uh, we kind of like, we kind of experimented with it a little bit because the singer was just like, I can't like do this the whole time. And I'm like, well, I can do it too. It's like, maybe we can like do like back and forth stuff and like make it like kind of like biohazard. And then like we had like all singing and then it felt weird. So then we like kind of like mixed it up a little bit. So it was like a lot of experimentation in the um, thing. So it's definitely like a lot different than probably he envisioned it to come out. But like the way that it came out, it kind of feels like pretty unique because it's not like a biohazard ripoff, but it like definitely is like super influenced by like that and like Steel Nation and Metallica with like having like the the yaz and like all the kind of singing style vocals with it. I'm so happy you just said Steel Nation because like listening to you guys, I was like, okay, this reminds me of Steel Nation. Like after um, they parted ways with the original singer and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love that. Like I'm a huge Steel Nation fan. So when I heard Heat Seeker, I was like, wow, this reminds me of that. And I'm definitely into this because I think Steel Nation is like one of the best bands and uh, they're just not super active. And I don't know if people just don't really know or don't care, but like, I just love that right. style. So like when I heard no, you guys, Steel, Steel Nation is like, like in my like top five, uh, like hardcore bands ever. Like, uh, just mainly forever wounded like forever wounded is like the testament to me like i i would be like that would be the number one thing like number one album that i would probably show like any new hardcore kid i'm like you've got to check this out especially if they especially if they like heat seeker and they're like i want to hear more stuff that sounds like you guys i'd be like all right here's here's this here's violation devoured and here's uh, state of world by yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, because and I, in my mind, I was like, okay, maybe I'm being weird. I'm thinking that this reminds me of Still Nation, but you saying it just just um you know confirms it, and I I think it's super awesome. No, yeah, it's definitely like that. Like definitely like one of the things that like we kind of first um realized with it we're just like this kind of has like a steel nation vibe now which i'm like super into okay and so you guys put out the demo in 2018 and mm -hmm. 
and you guys it was, it was like about a year later you guys put out the self-titled right yeah it was like another four song uh type thing that we that we recorded the the guitar player ryan actually recorded everything himself oh that's awesome that's cool to be able yeah it's like a really good resource to have you know yeah because you guys uh, can kind of do things on your own time yeah exactly that was like the biggest like that was probably like the number one reason that it kind of came out the way that it did because then we had like a legitimate like way to like kind of mess around with things and it wasn't just like we were sitting in there like in the studio with like someone who's like all right any day now <laughs> so it was like really nice to like be able to do that and you guys aren't super active is, is there like a reason for that um well the biggest reason is now that uh ryan moved again which uh, oh, is okay. really stupid of him but it's fine i mean we so we have like a uh, we have another guitar player now so that we can play shows and uh his he plays in um uh, he played in uh mouse of the palace with us too so <clears throat> so like having him in the band and like it's just like kind of like a good like we it's like a great chemistry person for us like he's always down so um it's just one of those things where uh um we we play but like being that he doesn't live here anymore it's like we haven't like really sat down to write anything which is you know it 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 sucks for sure but it's you know we're kind of like taking it slow for now and then um i know eventually like we'll get inspired to like write some more stuff and whatnot but uh but yeah for now it's like i think we're playing let's see we're definitely playing this coming up monday with power trip and creeping death uh, we don't have anything planned after that, but like, th- like I said, like there was a while where, you know, we were like, just like playing like all these shows and it's just like, it felt like, like I just got personally burnt out by it because like we played this one show, um, in Pensacola and like no one really came out to it. And then we played this other show at this like really nice venue and they put us at a time slot where like no one was there yet. And then immediately the next day drove to the venue um, in Tampa and then drove all the way back. This is that 24 hour trip I was telling you about. And like on the way home, I'm just like, I'm like really like tired. <laughs> like it's like, this is just a lot on my plate. And so that's like a kind of another reason that we had kind of slowed down a little bit, but like, I mean, as far as like plans to like, stop doing stuff i there's like none so like i know that we're all still like about it but just like needed to kind of hit the pause button for a second okay yeah because off the top of my head like the last show i can remember seeing you guys on a flyer for was i I think it was when you guys played with shackled i don't remember that what's that now i just like the last time i can remember seeing you guys on a flyer is when you guys played with shackled Mm -hmm. um let's see let me think of the other times that we had done it. Um, let's see. We played, yeah, it was like Hoods and let me think of who else played that show. Hoods, Minefield, Greeny Deep. That was the show in Tampa. And then after that, like we played like an all local show. Um, and it's nice. Like, I mean, playing the local shows, like to like kind of get like a little bit more exposure to people. Like, even if like the hardcore kids didn't come out, like, 
you know, we play a show and it's like, with like a pop punk band and then like a, a stoner metal band. And then like, you know, like ultimately those people like recognize it and they may never come to another show again, but it kind of does leave like the doors open so that we can play with them again, at least like maybe in a different setting. So, yeah, I, I feel like you never really know who's going to be into your band. So there could be like the random pop punk kid or the random stoner kid that just stumbles upon you guys and is like, you know, a, a fan for life. Exactly. That's like the biggest thing is just like trying to like find ways to like, like cross the scenes over a little bit. And like, that's like the biggest thing with the venue is that I, you know, I'm trying to like get like as many people go into like each other's shows as possible. And, um, it works to some degree, but ultimately like people have kind of like their clicks and whatnot that they want like to stick to. And, you know, you have to kind of just accept it. Like rather than like try to change the world, you just try to like do things little by little and like try to make the right impression so that like some new people will come along and, uh, and be into it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's like all you really can do is just like kind of just put your best effort forward and, you know, just hope for the best because you really never know what's going to happen. Right, right. I I agree. OK, damn. Uh, you went on that tour with Malice. You guys came out west. Do you remember like what your favorite place to play was on that tour? OK, so we played. So we did it twice. We did it one time on the West Coast with Disgrace and Criminal Instinct. And then we played, let me think of the venues. We played this one place in LA. Um, it was really sick. Um, then we played uh, Sacramento. No, not Sacramento. We played there on the second time. We played San Diego. And then we played. It was like Oakland, I think. The Oakland show was actually really sick from what I remember. Um, I think LA, the LA show was really good and the Oakland show was really good. Um, but my favorite show that we played over there was when it was with Jesus, Peace, and Bind. Um, in LA, it was like Jesus, Peace, Bind, and then Dead He played like a couple songs before our set. And there was like, like a ridiculous amount of people there. I was just like, what is going on because like all the other shows like if there was like more than 50 people it was a sick show so for there to be like 300 plus at that one i'm like okay this is awesome so that was like one of the best shows for sure and then like following that like the next day we played at um we played at what was it it was like a rv park like a lobby of an RV park. And then like next door, there was like this metal band that was like playing at the same time. It was really bizarre. And, um, and the next day we played a biker bar in Sacramento, which was really funny. Um, like right before our set, or actually at the end of our set, me and um, a couple of the guys that were with us like worked up like a hoods cover and we just started playing hoods. And I, the crowd, like there was no one, no one moshed like, the entire night until that part. And then all of a sudden people were like moshing and stuff. And I'm like, that's what we needed to do to start it. You know, maybe people were like really into it at that point. And uh, 
one of the people that was moshing, singing along, was, I guess, like the fill-in vocalist for Hood. And I thought that that was really funny. And then the next day we played um, Berkeley at Gilman. And that was a really good show, too. Um, I can't remember why it was, like, um, not super feeling that one. I think, like, my guitar or my head or something was, like, not cooperating with me. But uh, I remember that show being good. It was a really good turnout, at least. And I think Ruiner did a reunion set or something like that at that show. I can't quite remember. Dang. Yeah, that that tour with like that lineup and just the amount of places that you guys played. I feel like you guys hit like a lot of like the good markets out here on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, I think, you know, when we did it, like the second time around doing four dates, it was like it was fine. Like we, we played the shows and it was it was like I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm not in hardcore because like I want to make money out of it or do anything like that. I'm in it because like, I like playing shows. And so to, to play anything is awesome. But like, if you know, could hit a reset button, I'd be like, yeah, maybe we could have like not done. Cause Sacramento and Gilman are like right next to each other. And so it doesn't really make sense to do that from uh, like a outside perspective. It's just like, you're not going to get like, you're going to like take away from both shows by having both of them. So it would have probably been like a little bit better to like not do that and something else. But either way, like it, it was still like a really good time. Like that tour um, with Jesus Peace was like one of the, um, I think one of the highlights of the band for sure. Yeah. And look at Jesus Peace now. They're still out there killing it, playing like internationally. It's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm convinced that, like, they're the reason that we even have plays on Spotify anymore, like, because, like, we have to split with them, and then if someone clicks that, it just happens to, like, go onto one of our songs. It's just, like, because uh, it, it's, it's like, surprising to me. Like, I, I look at it, and I'll be like, this many people even still listen to it. It's kind of crazy. But then I look at Jesus pieces, I'm like, okay, well, this is definitely, like, a spill-off effect, I think. Maybe, or maybe you still have the fans out there just wanting more. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe I'll have to look at like the map or something and be like, all right, let's go play in these places next time. Okay. One thing I wanted to ask you about is um, from within records. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you have a hand in that? No, no, I don't. Um, that's my friend Carter. He. Sorry, I like stumble when I say his name like that because his name is actually Cigarette, but he goes by Carter for some reason, and so I just like wanted to give him some respect. Um, he he started the label. He wanted to, I guess, I guess over time, like just felt like I want to give something to Hardcore too. Like I want like my mark here because like done so much for me. Um, you know, like he's been he's a couple years younger than me. And he's been like, you know, following like our bands for a while, like always like wants like to like be the activator at our shows and stuff like that. And like, like that's just like a uh, awesome thing to have. And so like we would always like bring him on tour and stuff too. And we'd be like, as like your job is to like film Earth, and like when we play, you need to like go like get the pit started. And it always happened. And so it's like you're never not coming on one with us now. Like I just hope you know that. And uh, yeah, so he starts from within. Um, he wanted 
you know, I guess like kind of like a, a good place to start is like making tapes and uh, putting your own money into something and uh, for the betterment of, you know, trying to like give people like a tangible copy of something and like to help bands like, because, um, you know, like when you look at like Plead Your Case and you're like, oh, I haven't heard, you know, some of these bands on here before and you go to check it out. Like that's how like record labels like kind of keep things like, all all fresh and whatnot you have like a group of different um bands on one roster and then you can all check them out so he you know he puts out he put out his band uh payback on it and then he put out uh uh mobile terror unit and then uh burning strong and shackled so i there might be one more. I'm not totally sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, yeah, so obviously, like when he does something like that, like I'm gonna, like no matter what, like I don't care if like two fighters like ask me to join and they're like, hey, we need a record label. I'm gonna say, yeah, put it on from within. And they're like, what? And I'd be like, yeah, that's just how I roll. It's just I'm gonna, like, it, it, when I see people doing things like that for the hardcore scene. Like I want to like help them like get to like another point if I have the resources to be able to. Yeah. And I, I think that's definitely awesome. I was really curious because you, you have it in your bio on Instagram. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, I, yeah. He, he put out tapes for burning strong and then he's going to do the, um, the next thing that we do, which is an LP, him and Plead Your Case are going to do, um, I guess, like a split thing where they, I guess, they just like do like a collab thing type thing. So um, that's going to be like the next, like, Burning Strong uh, release, which should come out in probably the next, like, couple months or so. Oh, wow. That's actually really soon, which is pretty awesome to yeah, hear. Yeah, yeah. We just finished all the instruments, like, um, two weekends ago. And then now we just got to track vocals. And then as soon as that's done and mixed, like we're just going to give it to them. They're going to immediately put it on Spotify and then work on getting uh, the physical copies of it out. Okay. Well, hell yeah. That's definitely good news. Because when I saw you guys live, I was like, wow, like, I'm definitely getting like serious like um, vibes of like battery. And I, I thought that was awesome. And I, I just loved like just the way you guys sounded live. It was like just really good and, and clean. And I just loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. One of the guys uh, that booked in Tampa, the, the, the main dude, Tom, said the exact same thing. He goes, I just kept thinking you guys were going to play battery cover. And I'm like, you know, I mean, that's cool that you thought that, but like, just draw like a lot of influence from like, you know, Go It Alone, and um, you know, like even like as like weird as it is to say, like you know, bands like like Half Heart, it's just like you want to, we wanted to like have like a little bit more of that like melodic, um, but you know, still like really meaningful type thing. So, um, but yeah, that's really cool that you thought that too. Yeah. And honestly, I, I don't think it's weird about like the have heart reference because you, you think about 
like what where we're at now it's 2019 they right. haven't uh, put out like new music in so long yeah they, they came back and did these shows over the summer but still like you got to think like a whole decades past and we haven't had new music like the band's like kind of like basically done you know so i i don't think it's strange right. it, i think what's more strange is like like outliving some of like these like amazing bands for sure yeah so well, yeah, yeah like i so have heart you know broke up 10 years ago and like for i've been trying to do this for so long and you know for a while like people were covering half heart and it was just like, Oh my God, this band is really fucking doing this. And, uh, I, I'm like, you know, cause like I play in that band crew over grave too. And I was just like, we have to cover half heart. And I'm like, I'm, like I'm not taking no for an answer. And they're like, I don't want to do that. Like, it's so like, it's like people are going to like, think it's so like corny or whatever. I'm like, but at this point they've been broken up 10 years. It's, it's fair game at this point. But it still feels weird. I still want to be the one that does it, and it's cool. But uh, if I just need one of those secrets, someone else is going to do it, and uh, then they're going to get the credit for it. But also that I, I was like the driver behind it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like bands, like, yeah, it, it's weird when uh, it's not like like super weird, but it, to me, hearing like bands that uh, get covered that were or that I got to see like, you know, in like the when it was like, you know, current era hardcore to me is like so strange just because it makes me feel so dated, you know? Right. No, it's definitely a, uh, it's like a weird like slap. Yeah, it's strange, but uh, it'd be cool if you guys did it. Uh, you guys should, you know, all get on board and, uh, you know, pick an okay. awesome song. We'll see one day, maybe. Uh, do you guys have any shows lined up? Uh, Burning Strong? Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Cradle to Grave. Oh, uh, so we just played uh, with was it um judiciary and uh it's actually really cool we so like in starting the venue you know like obviously there's like a social media page for it and everything and i like checked that you know like dimensions or whatever and there's this this kid that mentioned night moves in his uh, story and i go to his page and i'm like oh, i remember this kid from the shows and he has like three x's in his bio and i'm like oh he's straight edge cool so I, um, he also in his bio had a YouTube link. So I clicked the YouTube link and it's just videos of him and this dude like playing covers. And it's just like, he like did like inclination and like recently he did AFI. And I'm like, okay. So he's like this high school kid that like kind of knows his shit, but like, I don't really know where he, he came from or anything. So I follow him. I just start, you know, punishing him about like, uh, hardcore and straight edge. And I, I give him a couple recommendations, but ultimately I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to like ask him straight up because like I saw, I see that he's a great guitar player. I'm just like, yo man. So our guitar player moved, uh, and we have a show coming up. Do you want to like fill in? And he goes, yeah, I'd be down. So he like learns all the songs. Uh, I, I tell him to come to practice and he does. And he like gets dropped off by his dad. And I'm just like, I'm like, do you not have a car? And he goes, no, not yet. I'm like, do you have your license? He goes, no, not yet. And I'm like, wait a minute so i find out that he's like 15 years old 
and he's like playing with all of us we're like in our like mid to late 20s and it's just like such like a crazy like uh you know concept and like i'm just like this is just awesome like it's like a if there's any reason that like doing the venue like meant anything to like hardcore it's like that it gave someone like him like a place because like he was telling me like i don't really have like a ton of friends like where uh you know that are into obviously like being sober like everyone just like wants to get like high and like listen to like music about getting high and edm and stuff like that and so he just like really like related to us and i i just felt like it was just like such a cool experience for that and uh so now that he's in it like i'm like super like we gotta like we gotta do more like i really want to like give him like some opportunities to like you know feel included and not like feel stale on it like i want him to like feel the same way that like we all did when we were like 15 and like going to shows and like having like a group of people that like we knew that like we're all on kind of the same page as us like instead of like being surrounded by a bunch of people who like don't really understand you yeah you know i actually when i followed you on instagram i, I saw um that instagram post that you made about that right right yeah and i obviously now like i have the full story so i i think that's really awesome for you to do that and it's kind of funny too that you didn't realize how old he was his dad just shows up and drops him off and you're just like what the heck like why well, the does thing this is, like he's like half a foot taller than me like he's like super normal like you know like I, when i think of like a 15 year old i think of like someone that i just want to like like kick across the room but like he like has like the like the demeanor of like you know someone who's like really like got together and uh and part of it is because he told me that like i guess since he doesn't have like a lot of friends he's like really close to his parents so like he has like that kind of like relationship with like older people so yeah it's, it's wild like i just like i assume like oh he's probably a senior or something and then not knowing he's like a sophomore but i still think it's like i think it's even better now like i just I'm like, I don't, I probably like, like he works like down the road for me. And I thought about asking, uh, the host if like they like knew him or whatever, but I'm like, wouldn't this be weird if like, this like older dude is like asking about like, <laughs> like the whereabouts of like some like 15 year old kid. So I'm like, I'll just avoid this for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, but I, I definitely think it's awesome what you guys are doing to include somebody like that. And it, it, it's so random that it all happened from, you know, him tagging the venue in his story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that kid definitely needs people like you, even like, yeah, the, the youth. Cause like, I remember when I was younger, if it wasn't for the older friends that I had who had their driver's license and were able to take me out of town to go to these awesome shows that I still think about to this day, like, I don't know where I would be. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like, uh, like I didn't really have like, I didn't really have like, like people that like would take me to shows for the most part um but I, there was like a group of kids that like i like looked up to and stuff that like you know like i wanted like to to be like included with them and whatnot like even if like they would like mosh on me and stuff like i'd still feel like i was like these guys are cool like they're you know they they don't smoke or drink and like they don't get into trouble they just like come into shows and moshing and stuff so um that was you know like to have someone like that like as 
a younger person is like a, it like shaped me and like that's like the whole like reason that like you know like I stay like so involved with it is because like without it there's just not like I wouldn't be the same person whatsoever like I don't know where I'd be I don't know who I'd be but like if I didn't have like the hardcore scene or like straight edge or or punk or anything like that like I there like I look around like all the kids that I went to high school with and they're like like burnouts or like they have like multiple kids or they're um just really like not in awesome places in life and um even though like I'm not like at this like amazing place I just think that like my perspective on things because of all that has like made me want to make sure that I'm giving back and like giving that opportunity to other people too. Yeah. Well, I respect everything that you do, the the venue, all your bands. It's uh, definitely really awesome. And I'm sure Florida, uh, Pensacola definitely appreciates all the hard work that you put into the hardcore scene. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. At least, I mean, I, I know like people tell me it every now and then, and you know, it's, it's always nice to hear, but, um, you know, I try to let the, the actions speak louder than everything. And just like, you know, I see that there's like always like people that will support what, what we end up doing. And, um, that's always like really important to me for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's what it's all about. I, it's, it's more important to, you know, go out and actually take action and do stuff for the scene instead of just like sitting online and, you know, tweeting about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I deleted Twitter. I was just like, I couldn't even like, I like could not handle like, it's so like opinionated that it like, it's so opinionated that you can't have an opinion. It's like the craziest thing ever. It's just like, you can say literally anything you want, but it it's going to like, there's going to be like a rebuttal somewhere, even if it's something that's like universally agreed on. So it's just like, if this is all that Twitter is nowadays, like I'm, I'm good with like one less thing to check on my phone <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. I, I feel like, uh, the older I get, the less active I am on the social media. Cause yeah. I, I, I used to want to, you know, tweet all day, update people with like everything, like what I was eating, where I was going, how I'm feeling. But now it's just like, I'll, I'll post like, you know, like here and there I'll, I'll post at least like once a day, but it's just like either promoting the new episode of the podcast or like just talking about me being in Disneyland. I'm not really getting getting like right. as personal as I used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And same thing with Instagram. Like I, I'm probably like more active on my stories, like literally just like posting like stuff about like music, um, but not yeah. like not a ton of selfies or just like, you know, just weird stuff like uh, that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I was definitely on like the whole like selfie thing for a while as like growing up just because like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if it's like a insecurity type thing as like a younger person. And then, you know, you get like the, all the likes and it makes you feel good about yourself. And then it just, at a certain point, like you just realize like you don't really need it anymore. And uh, like, not to like sound like super like old guy or whatever, but it, it's just, there. there's like a point in time where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I like every five minutes I'm like checking Instagram or checking Facebook and then nothing there. And I'm like pissed off about it. So I, like, it's just nice to kind of 
steer away from it every now and then, um, even if like there, that's like how you kind of can keep up with the world. And that's ultimately why I still have it every now and then, or, or have as many platforms as I do is because I want to make sure that like, I'm still like, you know, keeping in touch with some of the people I don't like text on a regular basis or whatever. Yeah, for sure. I definitely get that. I feel like that's the main reason why I still have Twitter because I feel like uh-huh. news travels so fast and I feel like that's where it all starts. True. I mean, like, yeah, that's like, it's like the craziest thing that you, if you want to know anything, you're not looking anywhere other than Twitter. Like it's right there. It's like all like you, like you can see like, and like sports updates, like that's the, the best thing for me is like someone like gets injured in a game immediately. I type their name and I'm like on Twitter and I, cause if I'm not like watching the game, I want to see like why they, they were removed from the game for a play or whatever. I'm like, Oh, he like tweaked his ankle. It's just like, Oh, he's laying down on the ground. He's not moving. It's just like, Oh shit. And then, you know, like, obviously like if you have some implications in the game or whatever, you're like, I, this is, you know, you want to be like more involved with it and whatnot. So, yeah, well, social media is weird. I'm always curious to see like how long Twitter's going to last. Cause I've had Twitter since, uh, 2008. So here we are like on the brink of 2020, which is strange to, um, think about because uh, growing up, I, I figured we'd have, you know, flying cars and aliens by now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, they probably are there. We just don't realize it, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not totally sure where it'll be, but it definitely, it feels like, you know, especially with like AirPods, it's just like, Oh, I mean, it, it feels like crazy to me, but it definitely, uh, is, uh, you know, just like a show of like how technology has moved on and stuff. Yeah. Well, Rob, I want to thank you for taking the time and coming on the podcast. This has definitely been uh, really awesome. I love Florida hardcore. So the fact that I was able to get somebody else from Florida on uh, definitely means a lot to me. Yeah, man. I I appreciate you reaching out and um, wanting, you know, someone from Heat Seeker to be a part of it, even though like we didn't necessarily talk much about it, which is cool. You know, I just, uh, at the end of the day, it's, nice to meet new people and just kind of uh you know shoot the shit about hardcore and whatnot so yeah thank you for having me on i appreciate it yeah and before we go is there anything you want to shout out or, or plug um i don't know not really i i i think i kind of put everything over i said that i wanted to but uh you know uh something maybe that is you know kind of overlooked for the most part now is uh Tallahassee hardcore. Um, there, they have this like really awesome venue. It's called the bark. And, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, as, as scenes kind of like fade in and out, like people kind of like forget about certain scenes, but like what they have right now is just awesome for like the more punkier hardcore stuff. So like, if you're listening to this and you just happen to, you know, be like looking to, travel and play shows they have like this band called armor from there and they have this band called protocol from there and they're just like really like you know fast like gross sounding like hardcore and um i think it's just like a really good place for 
for like any band traveling through to go because the bark really treats bands well. Um, they have a really strong scene. And I think, like I said, it's just kind of a little overlooked right now. So I would say that, uh, if you're, if you're looking to try something new in Florida to definitely give that a shot. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Thank you guys again for listening. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top. <laughs>